secretarial position with the Pinkerton Agency. From the first, she'd shown aptitude for detective work, perhaps inherited from her father, and it was not long before she was promoted to the status of Pink Rose, as the agency's female operatives were called. Stephen, already an established Pinkerton operative, had been transferred to the Chicago office six months later. Their courtship had been as ecstatic as it was swift. Within a year of their marriage, they were transferred together to the Denver office. They'd had five years together there, five short years of sharing private moments and occasionally working together, before his life was snuffed out, through no fault of his own, in a shooting scrape with a band of outlaws. His death had devastated her thrust her into a deep depression that had nearly cost her her livelihood. A friend had helped rid her of the shackles of grief and self-pity by urging her to resume her career. This she'd done, throwing herself tirelessly into her work. If it hadn't been for an undercover assignment in Silver City, Idaho, she might still be living in Denver and working as a pink rose. For it was in Silver City, while posing as a milliner, though she knew little about the creation of hats, that she'd met John, then a near-alcoholic treasury agent investigating a counterfeiting case. Their liaison had altered the course of both their lives. On his return to San Francisco, he had sworn off demon rum, left the Secret Service to open his own detective agency, and persuaded her to relocate and join him as an equal partner. She'd never regretted the move. Carpenter and Quincannon Professional Detective Services was now a well-established and prosperous enterprise. She led a full life in her new home, free of the strictures placed by the era's Victorian standards on single, married, and widowed women. As a professional detective, she was able for the most part to do as she chose, associate with whom she pleased, without male interference, except John's now and then. Her apartment on Russian Hill was a cozy haven, her cat, Adam, a pleasant companion, and Callie and her husband, Hugh, had provided an entree into local society. It was Callie who had pressed her to attend the dinner party, just a few of our more interesting acquaintances, at which she'd met Carson. Like most of Callie's small dinner parties, this one had mushroomed into a soiree complete with an orchestra, uniformed servants bearing trays laden with canapé, and a score of her plump, bejeweled friends and their well-fed husbands. Callie was an inveterate matchmaker. She invariably invited one or more eligible bachelors in the hope of piquing Sabina's interest. None had until Callie practically forced Carson onto her, and she'd looked into those bright blue eyes, Stephen's eyes. When he'd taken her hand, she'd felt a tingling electric current pass between them. Since then, they had dined four times at elegant restaurants, taken a buggy ride through Golden Gate Park, and held lively conversations on all manner of subjects. He was attentive, interesting, possessed a keen sense of humor, and had been a perfect gentleman. In fact, he hadn't even attempted the liberty of a goodnight kiss. She enjoyed his company, felt comfortable with him. Still, she was hesitant about the courtship, if indeed that was what it was, and not quite sure why. Stephen and her memories of their time together, yes, 
John was part of the reason, too, in spite of her vow to keep their relationship on a professional-only basis. But there was something else that she couldn't quite define. Carson was saying something to her. She blinked, refocused her attention on him across the table. Wool gathering? he asked with a smile. Or were you thinking about one of your investigations? Oh, neither, actually. I was thinking of adopting another cat. This was not really a fib. She had indeed been considering another feline adoption. She was absent from her apartment a good deal, and Adam would be happier, she felt, if he had a companion. One isn't enough for you? I'm not enough for him. Well, then, it so happens a relative of mine is looking to place a litter of kittens, all black, wiggly, and charming. Really? Perhaps you could arrange an interview. An interview? With cats?